Hi, my name is Sarah and I'm an artist. Lately, I've been considering the importance of creativity. Why is art important? Why are we compelled to create? What inspires us to keep going? How does art connect us through shared experience and build community? In this podcast, we'll discuss process, anxiety, doubt, joy, pleasure, effort, and the importance of making and taking in art. We'll connect with artists, activists, crafters, curators, producers, and patrons of all mediums about what it means to them to live a creative life. We'll talk hard truths while sipping a calming beverage, discovering how and why people make, what keeps them creating, and the exciting projects they are working on right now. Together, we'll try to figure out what this art life is all about and why it matters now more than ever to embrace our creativity. Welcome to the tea party. This is Art Tea. Yeah. Okay. Well, here it is. I made myself a little rest. I got green tea because I was feeling really exhausted today. Yeah. Yeah, I basically did. I mean, I really didn't do much yesterday. Well, you were recovering. Just like on my laptop on the couch. Yeah. Watching Vanderpump Rules. Yes. (laughs) This is, I, 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 I did kind of the same thing, except I was watching, um, I was like emailing, you know, cause I was like emailing you mostly. Yeah. <laughs> you I mean, I was doing that too. Like, I was just like going back and forth. Yeah. You just kept getting like email after email from me, but That's it fine. was like, I was watching Sabrina. So, you know. Have you watched the new one? That's, That's what, what you were watching. watching. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. It's the new episodes that they like just came out with from. Sabrina, hmm. the teenage witch. It's like <laughs> I watched way it when I was darker. Younger. It, yeah, well, it's got the girl from Mad Men, right? Did you watch that? Mad Men. Oh no, no. She plays. I think it's the same person. She plays his daughter in Mad Men. I think. Oh, hmm. so like she's like child actress to the max. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, I never watched Mad Men, but <sighs> I keep people keep being like, "You should though." <laughs> I think you would you would have strong feelings about it, and those certain seasons are like pretty pretty hard to get through. Just mm-hmm. like watching women in the workplace in the fifties, it's like so hard to like not throw things at your television. Yeah, there was um, an Amazon Prime show that they came out with because you know like Amazon Prime does that like Prime season thing. Yeah, where it's like they'll do like a pilot or it's called pilot season, mm-hmm. and they did this one show that. There's only one season of it, but it's called The Good Girls Revolt. Oh, I've and it's about that. like women in jur- women in journalism like find finally like being able to like have their own voice and not just being researchers for the male journalists. Yeah. And that was really good and then they canceled it and I was like, "Well, of course." Well, the new I watched the new Little Women the other day. Mm. And it's just, I mean, I love the Winona Ryder version so much that I was like, well, I love Greta Gerwig. Like, let's just see what it's like. Yeah. And, and it's, it's really good. And it shows her, like, um, battling with the publisher a lot, trying That's to get cool. her work out there. So that was neat to kind of see that aspect of Joe. Mm-hmm. So. That's awesome. I'm going to have to go see it. Yeah. We have a... Emma Watson, too, right? She plays Meg, and they kind of show a little more backstory, not just, it's not just about Joe, you know, so you see her and her life and, like, how poor she is and mm. with her husband, and it was kind of nice to see a little bit more of the sisters as well. Yeah. I heard that in, uh, there was, like, <coughs> some, for, was it for the Academy Awards that, like, Greta Gerwig was, like, 
in there because she just like went with her husband who's also a filmmaker yeah and so she just like kind of went in early while everybody else was doing the red carpet and yeah she like was sitting there alone alone eating soup, eating soup. <laughs> yeah and like her friends messaged her like what are you doing yeah. like <laughs> but then she also like ran into like the head of the academy and they were all like oh hi you know your film really deserved to be here and she was like well Obviously, I also you deserve didn't to be think here. So. Like, obviously, you didn't think so because you didn't give me any nominations. So, <laughs> well, and I feel like, like three movies I think up off the top of my head this year are Little Women, Booksmart, and Honey Boy, and they're all directed by women, mm. and none of them really got recognized that much. Yeah. And they're all really Booksmart is so good. Yeah. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I was at Vizart the other day, though. And I was, I was there last night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, instead, Dylan and I rented uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor. Oh. And um, I made him watch fall. Ever After. So, oh, I know, love that movie. Ever After is I haven't watched my it in a second long time. favorite Cinderella story. Yeah. Only after Brandy. Brandy. <laughs> Oh, she's the best Cinderella. She is. And that has Whitney Houston in it, too. That's a classic. Yeah. And also, I mean, Whoopi Goldberg and, mm-hmm. um, oh gosh, who else? Uh, uh, Jason Alexander. Yeah. And um, uh, Bernadette Peters. <laughs> oh, I wish I could have. That's one musical I would go see is Hello, Dolly. She took over for Bette Midler. I would totally sit and watch mm. a musical if I could listen to her sing live. I was not a fan of the musicals. You don't uh, want to go see Cats? With no, me? <laughs> I do not want to see Cats. Uh, I just, I, I really so have tried. Happy. I think it depends on the musical and who's in it. Yeah. But they're just harder for me to get through. But maybe it's just that I'm not much of like a joyful run around singing kind of person I don't know you were, I tried you didn't do Glee or High School Musical no yeah. no Glee I watched one episode and I was like I can't I'm done I can't do this <laughs> people are gonna hate me for that um um what a musical I think I'm more into like plays like Broadway plays not so much like every I know it's hard to like act sing and dance like that's I totally like back anyone who does it it's just not my thing yeah you're a triple threat in like other ways thanks (laughs) (laughs) um we can hang out all day yeah we could just yeah we could spend an hour on movies i feel like but um why don't you take a second and introduce yourself and (sighs) how you identify as a person and as an artist we could be here all day with that, too, probably. Yeah. Um, my name is Megan Payne. I'm, I guess I would identify um, as an educator, dance educator, a maker. I have problems sometimes with the word choreographer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It feels very much like it feels like a singular kind of thing. Yeah. And I like to really collaborate with the people I'm working with. So I think like maker is a better word for me. Mm. And curator, uh, mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, PJ Harvey enthusiast, Meryl <laughs> Streep enthusiast, uh, Rihanna enthusiast. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that's a good way to describe yeah, me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you make dances, but you also make films, and you also... Starting to, yeah. 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 And we're, we do shows together yeah we've done a couple of shows now a couple (laughs) a handful you could say right more than a handful both like lady fest and personal I feel like Mm -hmm. we both do things for ourselves too like um I think that's something we seem to both really enjoy is like making shit happen Mm -hmm. whether it's for ourselves or for other people like we like producing yeah I think that there's like a little bit of an instinctual thing that we both have. Right. Not to, like, toot our own horns or anything, but, like, it's hard to make 
a show or make a festival or curate. Curating is hard, and it. Um, I think that, like, in visual art, I admire curators who are able to like link things together and mm-hmm. have it all flow cohesively. And, yeah, and I think that. Um, there's like a similar thing in, in dance. You can't just like back things up next to each other or in performance or anything like that too. No, and I think a lot of people think with curating, it's like the, what's the right word? It's just like putting the show together, right? Making mm-hmm. sure you have the chairs and A, B, and C and the floor and all those things. But I think for us, it's more about like, how do you, like from people walking in to like finishing, like what is the experience going yeah, to be based yeah. on like what you've been given? Like every year with submissions, I'm always like really pleased that every year it's different. Mm-hmm. Like it's not the same show. Even if sometimes we have the same people in it, yeah, it doesn't feel like, it feels like it's always evolving, which is yeah. why I'm always interested in coming back and doing it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. the experience, but also like what's the feeling mm-hmm. that you want not only the audience, but also the performers to be able to have in the space of like really uh, creating some kind of community experience yeah. with, with curation. And I think with specifically dance too, people just expect to be entertained. And I think we've done a good job of like our audience knows they're going to come in and they've got to like be present and mm-hmm. they've got to like be with the artist and it's not just a time for you to sit back and just enjoy what you're seeing enjoy the bodies and the space like it is about like connecting with what you're seeing Mm -hmm. and that's something else I really enjoy about Lady Fest for sure yeah and then you also just premiered your film yeah uh that you did with your husband Toby um drawing down the moon that was a such a long process for you and it, I think it was mostly long logistically, right? Like it was long because we started filming two weeks after I had Rooney and we were really specific about filming in different seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just post, it was like, you know, Toby works during the day. I work at night mostly. We work after Rooney goes to sleep an hour or two and then we're so exhausted, we just go to bed. So it was more about like us really pushing through and being like, it'll come out when it's supposed to come out and I'm not going to rush it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was like a good experience to take our time because we did, we were like really looking at it a lot and stepping away and coming back. And I think it offered new insight because we took so long. Yeah, you were I was able, able to, really to find those little... Them those little important tiny moments that we were able to plug in there mm-hmm. um, that I, don't, I think I would have missed if we had just, like, pushed it out. Right. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that project and, like, what that project, where that started and, and like, why then taking it to film? and? Mm-hmm. Well, I started it with Baron Dance. Uh, Audrey, the director of Baron Dance, had a show a couple years ago called Amuse, and it was based on people that we were making work that, uh, based off someone that you're really interested in. And Deborah Turville is a photographer I've looked at since high school. Um, I've always really appreciated her work because I feel like I've somehow been able to see myself in her pictures. Mm-hmm. There's always someone that's like a little bit off or like looking another direction. And it never feels like ostracized, but it feels just like a departing of someone mm. or a kind of like a, a lead into a different pathway. So I think I've just always really appreciated her, um, just her work in general and how she approaches photography. Um, But she, I think for me, it was just like you see like the internal side of a woman. It's not just like what you see on the outside. So that's something I really have always appreciated about her. So it was just an opportunity for me to like use her work for a piece. Mm And so then it became a performance project. And then I just love her process. It's very improvisational. Um, she allows the space to lead her in who's in her work. <clears throat> Sorry. Who's in her work and um, what they wear even. So it was a way for me to kind of mimic her process. Mm. Like how can I use her improvisational methods um, in a movement process? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And then transferring that to film, was that like going back to the original medium in a way? But then that's almost a combination of like photography and the movement of photography. Well, she had this like before digital film, she had this process of like destroying her negatives. So she knew what the pictures looked like taking them, but she didn't know what they were going to look like once they were developed. So I've always been really into that idea of like almost fucking up. your work and not really knowing uh, what the turnout is going to be, but trusting that kind of process. So I think, yeah, it was more like, well, what does it look like on screen? Like, Mm -hmm. what can we pull from this process, both photography, like the stillness and movement, and what would that look like on a film? And she later in life started to make films. She has two short films, and they're exactly like her photographs. You just have to, like, they're very slow. You just have to follow, but you're in it. There's a lot um, of tension yeah. that you can feel that is really lovely too because I, I feel the same in in your film that there's this like tension of what it sh- like quote unquote should be and then like what it actually is. Right. And like there's this nice, I mean I think that it's also like work that's centered around women. In, Always, mostly, so yeah. There's like a really wonderful way to look at like well what should a woman be quote unquote Mm -hmm. versus like what what these who these women actually are and like that Mm -hmm. is present in the work for me in in both your work and Deborah's work and so it's a nice like parallel there too and I think something about her photographs too is it almost feels like she catches the shot like a second or two too late but it's on purpose Mm. so it's not like the pose it's like getting into it or getting out or of like it the or breath before or right after. Yeah. um There's and just there. brings life to it mm-hmm. which I just I was like it just me it would be a good way to like d- dive into her mm-hmm. work starting with Audrey and Baron Dance nice so that was like in 2016 and now it's 2020 <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but it feels good to like be done and have it out there and I feel like I'm at like a crossroads now with like my process. So mm-hmm. it feels very uh, um, symbolic to like finish that project when that's where I feel like her work is, is at this like crossroads mm. of like decision. And um, it just feels really symbolic to be done that's now. Like a, a love letter to yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. So taking time to like figure out what, is next and yeah can can you maybe so you and I met at Holland University Mm -hmm. but can you talk a little bit about your history with movement with like art making with just making in general yeah when did you start what was that like I grew up in a small southern town in Ohio it's called like they call it the tri-state area because you can get to Kentucky and West Virginia in like 15 minutes Um, there's like one studio I could go to as a competition studio. Well, I started going at another place and it was just too far away when I wanted to like start going like multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a competition studio and I mean, of course I like fell in love with movement, but, and I knew I wanted to do it in like later in life, but I had no idea. I mean, when you're growing up and you don't have like a formal training, like you have no idea what you're getting into. Right. <laughs> you have these ideas of what it was, and I went into college thinking, well, I'm just going to get a dance degree and a business degree and open a studio. That was really my ideology, like, at 18 years old. But that, like, quickly changed. Um, I went to Ohio University in Athens. Um, I got a BFA in performance and choreography. Um, And at the time, it was, like, one of the best comp programs in the United States. And Mm -hmm. it was, like, two hours from where I grew up, so it was kind of, like, the perfect setting um and then that led me into like choreographing like I really early on got into like making and I was lucky to have some instructors who really pushed me and helped me and even like one-on-one like really um gave me that confidence to just make all the time and then I knew leaving school that I wanted to go to grad school Mm -hmm. Um, because I knew at that point too that I was being given the basics but it was a very traditional program like I had no idea 
until I went to Holland's, like, the work that was being made, like, right. Jesse and, like, Yvonne Meyer and, like, Ishmael, like, I had no idea about that type of work right. until I went to Holland's. What would you say, like, was that kind of, like, thing that clicked for you that you were like, oh, whoa, that's... At Holland's? Yeah, like, or, or, or just even, a- like, in general, like... Did, was there a piece that you can like point to that you were like, oh, that is me. That's what I'm about. That's what I want to do. Not and so much. Like, I think this, I hope she doesn't mind me like talking about this. Honestly, a Friday showing at Holland's of Gabby where she like painted her naked body gold to queen. Oh. I was like, I can fucking do anything I want. I remember that. Like, I just remember thinking, watching that, because it was really overwhelming for me, mm-hmm. like stepping in and like starting at ADF and yeah. then diving into Holland. It's a little Holland. bit of a program, yeah. It is, and they really push you to like, if you don't feel, if you're not feeling something, why? And yeah. like you figure it out. It's not enough to be like, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You have to talk about it and flesh out these ideas, like what you think dance is and really process. Yeah. And I just remember maybe your own like kind of like mm-hmm. hesitancies or like resistances to like what well why don't I feel like that's dance or why don't I like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's and hard. I just and I just yeah, when I I just remember thinking in that Friday showing like she's a lot younger than me and she has this confidence to like be in front of all these people in this room together like naked and being really vulnerable and I remember getting really emotional and then also after leaving feeling like I'm gonna do what I want from now on yeah and I really respect her for that yeah Yeah. oh my gosh I love Gabby Uh Um, shout out Gabby shout out Gabby 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 Soto Lemus Uh we love you but then from there I think I I think my work will always be like really movement driven. Yeah. I think my solos are a little more um, explorative in like using other art forms or, you know, experimenting with things. But when I get a group of people together, I really like to see people move and mm-hmm. like wear themselves out yeah. and how they connect in space and with each other. And um, so, I mean, still as of right now, my work is very like movement driven. Mm-hmm. That's like mm-hmm. your first language yeah kind of when it comes to creating that's what you would mm-hmm. like reach to yeah mm-hmm. but and then I think with film like with working with Toby on this project like it had me really looking at like the smaller moments mm. or um just more about like focus and and Deborah back to Deborah again like how she positions people in space is so important mm-hmm. And it's not the normal. And she's known as a fashion photographer, but it is not the normal picture you see in fashion magazines. Um, But just, like, I've taken from that, too, like, how not just touch, but, like, how you position people in space and how they're interacting with each other is just so important. The relationship. Yeah, Yeah. so I feel like I've pulled that into my performance work Mm. as well. Mm. So Mm -hmm. it's kind of, like... They really influence each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's for like this film work and mm-hmm. for like some of the choreographic work that you've been doing recently. But how, can you maybe talk a little bit about your process and like other ways that you start things or like how you come to know what it is that you're going to make? What What's that like? Well, I feel like half the time I don't know what I'm doing until I'm, like, halfway through. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> yeah. like, trust my intuition and my judgment. And But I rely heavily on the people I work with. Like, mm-hmm. I usually start, like, if I have a, an idea, I, like, write a lot. And I'll be in the studio by myself a lot. Mm-hmm. And I always try to, like, approach um, a process with people with having some set movement. But also, like, being prepared to, like, talk with them and ask them to, like, create as well. Or we create together. And, and pulling from what I'm seeing in the room because I'm not making movement for my body. I'm making it for other people. Mm. So for me, the work is always personal, and it's, like, about who you're seeing. So what looks good on my body might not look good on yours or feel mm. natural, and that's what I really want from people is for it to be authentic. Mm. So we spend a lot of time talking, I feel like. Yeah. And More I so than that, moving at the beginning. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's an, a nice process, too, because... Generally, that's not what 
you see in like a dance company or in the mm-hmm. dance studio. It's like we're moving all the time and you're doing what I'm, I'm telling, telling you, you to, to do. do. Yeah. But I just can't work like that. There's a little bit more of a communal feeling to mm-hmm. um, what it is you're creating because it's a process of like divining what the right thing is for right. those bodies that you're working mm-hmm. with and respecting those bodies. And it's just good practice too because just leading as like, because whether or not like, yeah, I'm collaborating, but it's like my idea, my project. So like you're leading in some sense. Mm-hmm. So like, from I don't even know where I was going with this now. <laughs> um, well, I think that like that sets good example for like how you want to interact with like right. or or like I don't know. That is an example to me of how. I want dance to be like rather right. than than how it can be in other spaces. Not to yeah. like talk down on anybody else's process, right? If that's but... what you like to do, do it. Mm-hmm. What I was gonna say is like it's good practice because you could get a group of people who are really into that kind of process, and then mm-hmm. you can go somewhere else, and like people are really hesitant. Just tell me what to do. Just tell me what to <laughs> yeah. do, and it's really easy to take in that energy and just be like, okay, okay. But like, how do you lead people and make them feel comfortable? And to use their voices. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And again, because it's like, if I'm not dancing it, then it's not my body out there. So Mm -hmm. it needs to be, it needs to be for them. Mm -hmm. So I think some people just aren't there. Yeah. And in a way, I feel like I wasn't at the beginning, which is why I became a maker. It was because I I wanted to kind of be hidden, Mm. you know, a little bit. Or I wanted to make work, but I didn't want to be the one, like, out there in front of all the people. Yeah. So, yeah. And by starting a a process that's collaborative, it's allowed me to become more confident in myself, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. (laughs) Um, So... What uh, what would you say that you do like not as not only as like your um, your like day job but also like what what is it that you would say that you're making so like there's this film aspect there's like this choreographic aspect but like what are you trying to do with do, all of it? yeah do with that um, well personally I feel like. I mean, art for me, like, making things is a way for me to better understand, like, myself and what's going on, like, in the world. Like, this year with everything, like, I've just been really frustrated. Mm -hmm. So it's a way, and I don't use my, I'm not as vocal as I am with, like, my art making. So for me, it's a way to, like, figure things out Mm -hmm. and, like, deal with those frustrations and, to feel like community, to feel like I'm not alone. I think that is the most important. Then I think professionally, I've tried to really like get away from that. Like I'm doing this to get here. Mm. Like if I think like that, I just, the work isn't good or I don't feel it's genuine. And I really try to block out like I'm an artist, I need to make money, even though I know I need to make money off my work and it would be awesome to live off of it. Like if I'm not, that doesn't mean I need to like quit or I need to switch something or I'm mm-hmm. doing something wrong. I think like I've had this like dream of just like taking a year off and like making dances and showing them in my backyard and like yeah. what does how does that change my process and what does that do for me mentally? Because you know, making things can be really mentally taxing. Yeah. And sometimes it just feels like too much. Like why am I doing this to myself mm-hmm. when I love the work I'm making. Like, the presenting of it brings me so much stress sometimes. And I'm just like, maybe I just need to make it and whoever comes, comes. Send a telegram and see who shows up. Yeah, well, gosh, I was listening to another podcast that was talking about how um, the people who are in the room are the ones that are supposed to see it. Yeah. And, like, if other people don't show up, then... It wasn't their time. It wasn't right. their time. Not that, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't your time to be seen, but, like, it wasn't their time to be able to absorb that and yeah. be able it to process what it was. It doesn't, like, devalue the work. Right. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to, and I feel that a lot here, honestly, like, 
this need to like promote, promote, promote and push it out there and get it out there and look yeah. at all the things I'm doing. And it's like, I mentally cannot make that much work anymore. Like yeah. I need to like focus on one thing for a long period of time and really get out what I'm trying to do. And that feels really satisfying and mm -hmm. stop just like making something to show it once or twice and be yeah. and throw it away. That's you know? such a, like a very like capitalist consumer mm -hmm. kind of attitude about it is that like you have to be coming out with something new every single month or you have to say like you know relative and Ooh. yeah <laughs> it's just not for me yeah I find like the older I get the more I just kind of retreat where it's like my art is maybe for me and who wants to see it like mm -hmm. it felt really good so many people came on Friday I did mm -hmm. not expect that many people and I've gotten so many messages and I mean we all have ego and obviously that feels good to know that all the work I've put in that people liked it but just like seeing people like I was just watching people watch it and yeah. it felt really good to see that yeah especially mm -hmm. after having like spent so long like you and Toby being really the only viewers of it mm -hmm. and like the dancer the performers in mm -hmm. it also kind of knowing what it was but I thought it was really cool to see their reaction to it because they had seen like versions of it or they had participated mm -hmm. in versions of it for so long that yeah this is like also like I don't know we're talking about love letters but it's such a love letter to them too yeah. and which is what you were saying about your process is like it's about those people that you're working with, too, and really showing them in this new light. Right. And I also like working with different people. Like, I, I know, like, I, certain people I, like, return to, in this community at least, but I feel like the project really decides who I would like in it or who mm -hmm. I would like to ask, not that I always get who I want to work with, but, like, who I ask, and I feel like that's back to, I feel like, subconsciously like I've been working off of Deborah Turville for so long it's just in there but like that's how she would pick her people in her photographs a lot is like she would find a space and be like "Ooh, that space needs this type of person and she'd be walking down mm -hmm. the street like I read an interview one day where a woman was like she just approached me on the street and was like do you want to be in my photographs because mm -hmm. she just saw her and was like that's the person that I want to use yeah so letting the idea lead like who what bodies we see and yeah. it's That's interesting to me too, in dance mm -hmm. like that attitude rather than there being I just like need someone with long legs who can like whack it yeah whack <laughs> it <laughs> yeah yeah so I think it changes what it looks like because again it's like different people every time different personalities mm -hmm. yeah different yeah different thesis to the work yeah yeah um we were talking a little bit about frustrations. What are, you, you kind of touched on some of them, but what are some of your other frustrations that you have about making or the world in general? Well, with making, I feel like a lot of my frustrations come from myself and I've had to really, because, you know, I don't, it all comes back to Rooney eventually, you know, like I don't want her to see me like struggling with my own work when your own work should be your outlet, you know? Mm. So I think a lot of my frustrations come from me and that's not needed. Like there are always frustrations that feel like me just being hard on myself or never being satisfied or mm. um, never just being able to be like, I'm proud of myself for making this thing and taking all of that time. Um, yeah. So that's a frustration. I mean, with dance, I always get frustrated with people being like, that's not what dance is. Like having just a very yeah. narrow view of what they think dance is. That's always annoying. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have frustrations with bodies, like body types and dance. Like it seems to be on the upward in terms of like who can do what. But, you know, as like you a bigger like woman, who? like as a, a dancer who has got like a more fuller figure, mm -hmm. it's still, you know, something that I struggle with because it's ingrained in your head from like such an early age that mm -hmm. you have to look a certain way and you don't. And my body is just as able to do certain things that someone can that's, you know, a lot smaller than me. And so, I mean, that's, you know, those are pretty superficial frustrations, but something that's always there. I think that there's like this um, 
There's like a little bit of a, a myth of like virtuosity with mm-hmm. dance. Yeah. And I think that that's like something that is developed out of the way that we're being shown dance on like a, a commercial level mm-hmm. and like on a popular culture kind of level is that if you aren't doing like tricks and turns and have your whacked leg and like all of that stuff, then, then like, like, who are you? You're in this not dance valid world. as a dancer or as a mover, mm-hmm. but there's also like a deeper level of performance or connecting with a human being and being like a, a good performer or a good dancer that doesn't involve all of that virtuosity or it like mm-hmm. involves virtuosity in an emotional yeah. realm or in a relational realm or in a durational realm yeah. and that like those things are just as valid and so often I think we're being told that they're not because of people not wanting to necessarily like like you said earlier, people are wanting to be entertained and like, right. it's not easy to sit with someone for an hour while they're doing one small movement over and over again, even though that's really, really hard really to do hard. Yes. as like a performer yes. and have that kind of body dedication mm-hmm. that it's not the thing that people expect to see when they go to the theater. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then I think another frustration I have in general in the art world is the idea of feedback Mm. and feedback giving someone feedback outside of your artistic realm Mm, so something that I really like to do personally this is actually how I met Toby how Toby and I really began like had started like a connection was that he was working at ADF when I was finishing my thesis there and I asked him to come watch my thesis and a rehearsal because I like getting other people's perspective outside of dance and he ripped it apart <laughs> what? what did he say he was like no this is uh, crap no well not that but you know Toby he was just like uh and then he just like went off on this like not like in a he wasn't like rude or anything, but he just had a lot of questions and Mm. no one was asking me questions. Like hardly anyone would come. Well, that's a whole other story. Like my grad school experience, no one really taking me seriously because I was young and, um, anyway, but it was hard for me to get people to come to, cause we all had to have feedback showings and it was really hard for me to find, to, for, to get people in the door. And so I just started asking people that weren't my cohorts. Mm. And he was the only one that came one day and he sat with us for like an hour and just, we all had this discussion, like my dancers and the two of us, and it really helped me finish it. And I just remember being really appreciative that someone would come in and be honest with me. Like what I get a lot, (laughs) what I get a lot when people don't know me and they see my work is they go, huh, I expected it to be pretty. Whoa. Whoa, that's loaded. And that, and they say it like it's supposed to be like a compliment. And I'm like, I don't really know what that means, but how I take yeah. it is you hear the way I speak or you see, see me and you think my work is going to be a certain way and it's not and you're mm-hmm. confused. Well, maybe you should think about it for a minute. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or like, or like what, what do you mean? You thought it yeah. wasn't pretty? Yeah, like, like what do you mean by pretty? Yeah. Well, and then, like, you know, when you, going back to, like, giving feedback, it's, like, what I get a lot is when I ask people who aren't movers, they go, well, I don't really know how to give you feedback. And I feel like that's a cop-out. Yeah. Because we should all, as artists, be able to look. I mean, people that aren't artists are able to look at work and at least tell you what they see. And that's all we really want is tell me what you see. Well, and we've also talked about the frustration of, like, performing something and being like, we're open and available for feedback afterwards. Go and talk to the artists. And the thing that we hear is, like, good job. Or I liked that. Or I didn't like that. And it's you like, look beautiful. Yeah. It's like, uh, thank you. But, yeah. yeah. And I think that that's something that, like, we both have from Holland's is just, so, like, at Holland's we had that class where we would sit for four hours every single Friday. Mm-hmm just watching each other's work and giving 
feedback to each other. And sometimes we would spend like 45 minutes or an hour like discussing someone's process and their work. And, and it wasn't ever anything to try and be like malicious or no. mean to that performer. It was like a process to try and help them get to making what they really wanted to make. Right. And thinking, you know, sometimes we think that we're saying one thing and then people are like, I saw this totally different thing. Yeah. And you're like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. So the process of feedback is so important to help you get to make the thing that you're really trying to make. And I feel like when you're using your body or you're using bodies, like you get so close to it that you have to have that outside perspective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it just feels very, like, insular. And you can tell when someone hasn't had any feedback. I yeah. can. I can tell because it's very, it can feel very, like, self-indulgent yeah, for me or anyway. Like, or, like, there's a piece of information that I'm missing because, mm-hmm. like, somebody might have invested so much work into their process that they think that they're explaining everything to me that I need to know, mm-hmm. but they're actually not. It's, mm-hmm. like, there's a piece missing where if I had that piece of information, then I'd be like, oh, got it. Right. But, but sometimes, like, people, when they're so close to their work, they, like, skip over that and don't mm-hmm. even realize it because they're like, well, duh. Right. And I think going back to Ladyfest, like, that's something that I think the work that we, and this is, like, we can pat ourselves on the back for this, I feel like. Like, the work that we've brought in has, like, allowed people to set back and not try to look for a narrative. Mm. Because I really enjoy when, like, people come up to me, like, from the audience and are like, oh, my gosh, this piece, like, I just saw this. And they, like, just want to tell you, like, what they saw. And it's like they weren't trying to, like, follow a story, like, you know, when we go see the Nutcracker or Cinderella or something. Like, there's not, like, this, like, linear path that you're supposed to just follow Mm. these people on. giving, like giving the audience the ability to make their own narrative based off of their own personal experience entry point and mm-hmm. experience with the work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's Good cool. job. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are some of the joys that you are um, currently experiencing? Joys. Yeah. What's bringing you joy in your practice or in your life? Well, in my life, I feel like I find joy in, like, well, Rooney is, like, two and a half, so she's talking and, like, just has such a personality that every day feels like an adventure. She's so sassy. You know, like, yeah, it really does feel like some, I learn something new every day about me through watching her, Mm -hmm. and that, to me, is just, like, so exciting. That brings me lots of joy. And then I think just, like, the peop- like the people I've surrounded myself with in my work, like, working with you and, like, you know, being a part of Baron Dance moving here and, like, becoming close to some of those women and being at Goodyear and being a part of Triptych when I first moved here as mm-hmm. well. Like, the people that I've found bring me, like, watching what they do brings me lots of joy and kind of pushes me to, like, makes me, like, want to work harder, yeah. you know? So that that's always exciting for me, especially when we've all, like, made something new and it's, like, really great. I feel like it's also, like, like a a win for yes. me, and you know? Like, like, yeah. Because I, yeah. There's I, an energy in the room uh-huh. when you're like, oh, my gosh, that was uh-huh. wild. Yeah. That was so cool. And just not feeling, like, from my end anyway, like, I I don't feel that competitiveness. So, like, any time someone does something really amazing, I just feel very, like, joyous about that. You're, like, a proud... Proud <laughs> I'm proud of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's exciting because making is hard and being vulnerable and putting your work out there is hard. And yeah. we do it so much that we just think that it's, like, second nature. But it's it's not always like that. Yeah. Um, I find joy in my friends. You know, I have been going through, like, this stage where I really miss my, like, certain friends that I don't, you know, live mm-hmm. around anymore. Um, just feeling kind of, not not that I'm lonely, but feeling that loneliness for, I just think it's, like, at this point in my life where I'm like, I just want to see my, my friends more. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be seeing a couple of them for Lady Fest. Yeah. So that's exciting. That's going to, uh, Lady Fest this year is really going to bring me lots of joy. Yeah. And HBO brings me joy. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm watching The Outsider right now and that is crazy. I don't even know what that is. <sighs> it's too, we can't, we'll talk about it later. That's for the next episode. Next episode. Megan and Sarah discuss uh, television shows, shows and, and movies. movies. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's just like really good storytelling right now. I feel mm-hmm. like it's a time for, you know, we usually think like movies are at the top and TV is secondary. And mm-hmm. I feel like this show is based on a Stephen King novel and I'm not that big of a fan of Stephen King, but the storytelling is so good that you just want to follow them. That's awesome. So HBO, I'll finish my joyous question with HBO. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, other than HBO, what keeps you going in this climate? What keeps you making and keeps you coming back to your process, especially in light of the frustrations or in light of, like, what's going on in our world? What keeps you doing it? Well, obviously, like, I I feel like I have to make something. Like, I just Mm -hmm. have to. It's not like a a thing I decide to do. Like if I, again, if I don't put work out there, I'm just going to be making it in my backyard or something. Mm-hmm. Like I have to make things. So the need for it is there. Um, and then I think like right now, you know, I'm really inspired by women like Roxane Gay, like the writer Roxane Gay mm-hmm. and the director. She calls herself a directress, like Alma Harrell. Mm. She's Israeli. But she's a director, and she she is the director of Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. But she talks a lot about just, like, how long she's been working. And that she, again, like, just can't think about getting to the top or getting a certain place because she just likes to make work. And she's, like, in her early 40s, and she's just now, like, getting that recognition that I think she really deserves. And just talking about, like, it's about the work. Like, she really pushes me to, like, just keep working, I think. Yeah. She has a nonprofit called Free the Work that is uh, specifically to, like, promote the work of, like, non-represented creatives. Yeah, that's important. Uh Uh-huh. So I just am, like, really into her. Yeah. And, um... Like, talking about money, too, with, like, art and who gets what. Like, she has a, in an interview, she was talking about, like, how she's really good with natural light because she was, like, I was, I didn't have the money to pay. to be good with natural light. Yeah, I didn't have the money to pay for lighting, so I'm really good in using natural light because it's all I had. Mm -hmm. But, like, she didn't need all of the the big toys and, you know, it's just her and her camera. And Mm -hmm. I think it's really... All of her work is really amazing. It's yeah. moving. Yeah. That speaks to, like, I don't know, you don't need all the CGI and all the explosions mm-hmm. or, or any of the fancy equipment or anything like that. And I Mm-mm. feel like that that's also something that we've had to negotiate with, like, budget and, like, the work has to be that much more invested when you mm-hmm. don't have, like, a moving light or lights at all. Lights at all. <laughs> So, like, you have to be, like, that much more invested in what it is that you're saying and allowing that to be, um, allowing that to be the main, like, driving factor, the main motivation. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's why I take, like, the people I work with so seriously, too, because I, I'm not paying them, mm-hmm. but for a little bit for performances like they're in rehearsal because I hope they want to be I don't feel I hope they don't feel like they're obligated but I ask people and they come and and that to me feels really special like I owe it to them to like be on top of my shit and know what I'm doing because they're giving me their time and that time is more important than a lot of other things I could get Mm -hmm. so that's so true for me as an artist yeah, yeah not being able to pay people in rehearsals it's like it feels really special for, for me to know that they, like, want to be in the space. And that, that makes me know that, like, okay, then I need to be ready when I get yeah. there. And I need to be thinking about it every day. And I need to be and working. Like, that they also, like, believe in what it is that you all are creating together. Mm-hmm. And that 
that is also like motivation to keep yeah making it yeah yeah um what's the best piece of advice that you've received from either a mentor or like even just something that you've read and been like oh shit that's it I think like um I saw this old interview on YouTube once with PJ Harvey where she was just talking it was when she kind of her sound started to change from like the loud like yelling and like you know that early PJ Harvey um and you know that's I think that's why I like love her so much too is because like she sounds like she's ripping her guts out in those early like albums and then she's like thank you very much (laughs) and you're like who are you like how do you how are you both of those things um the the dichotomy of yeah of her or multiplicity I should say it's not like a it's not like a two-fold thing it's a multi-fold thing yeah Yeah. and that we are all that right Mm -hmm. like we are not singular in who we are um but she um was saying it in like it was when her sound was changing and she goes well you know I feel like I've done all I can with a three-piece band like I've done all I can with this sound and now it's up to me to follow where I am now like as a woman and that's going to change always so Mm. I'm always going to be changing I'm always going to be sounding different the albums are going to sound different because I'm not the same person and I think that that's so important to take with you that like not to freak out when like you don't know what you're doing or the work is different or you're doing something where you're like this is unlike anything I've done before I don't I just need to stop or I'm doing something wrong it's like allow yourself to just keep doing what you're doing be and do Mm -hmm. yeah which I think is also like important when we experience like success with something and then we're like oh I gotta make something exactly like that again Mm -hmm. so that I can experience that same success again again. but like that's not gonna do the same thing that you want it to do the second time so like you really have to like listen to what it is that you're wanting to make or listen Mm -hmm. to like what is wanting to be made yeah in order to allow that to happen rather than forcing it so much. And then Toby has a saying that I've adopted, and I, because, you know, a lot of the times we're expected to work for free. Mm -hmm. And he... Oh, I know what this is. Yeah, (laughs) and when people... Am I allowed to say it? Yeah, of course. No, I feel like when, when people ask him... He doesn't say this to, to the, their face, obviously. But when people ask him to work for free or for hardly anything, he's like, no, fuck you, pay me. Yeah. Like, fuck you, pay me. Yeah. My work is valid. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, pay me. You should pay me for what I'm doing. And I think it's a good a good saying. And it's also Toby funny to say. to me, too, before. <laughs> and it is something that I need to be better about adopting and, like, not, not even just um, adopting – like or like repeating it as a mantra but like absorbing it for myself and and like allowing myself to recognize that I'm your work worth, is valid yeah, you're and worth that it. it's worth saying like fuck you pay me mm-hmm. to someone yeah. yeah and he just says it like you know to like not just to be funny but to remind himself like I really want to do that project but if they don't give it to me because they're not willing to pay me then I I need to step but away it's not the right, because yeah. it's not the right project for me because I'm at a point in my career where I can't do things for free anymore yeah. and I shouldn't have to so as adults and as like creatives like we should have that mentality that if you want me to come do this then Mm-hmm. it should be treated like a job because it is my job it's my passion but it's also my job yeah mm-hmm. well and I know that like also we've like we had a discussion about this kind of the other night about like charging tickets mm-hmm. and like what does it mean to charge tickets for our artwork or like are we limiting uh, limiting are we like Limiting who can come to our shows by right. charging a ticket. Right. And I think in some cases, yes, that might be happening. And, like, I would hope that if somebody was like, listen, I really can't afford to oh my pay gosh, for a ticket. Totally. Like, that they would, mm-hmm. they would reach out to us and yes. say, like, but I want to be there. Because right. that, that would, you know. And I'm not saying shows like, for the public. figure it out. Yeah, yeah, for free aren't something we, we don't do. Yeah. And I love doing that. But 
Of course. Like, but if I think someone. That there's like a mentality now that there's like, well, we have such easy access to like media. We're able to just mm-hmm. pay like $9.95 for <laughs> a month and then yeah. we get like Spotify. Unlimited. You, like, yeah, Netflix, yeah. Hulu, all of these like things, Amazon Prime, HBO, like all the stuff. We're just so used to like access. Like access. Yeah. That, and excess. Yeah. Like both. But um, for one evening to charge, like, a ticket, sometimes people are like, oh, well, that's, like, extravagance. That's an expense that, like, I just can't do. And I think that there's this, like, fine line that we have to, we have to, like, negotiate where we want to be able to have people come and see the work, but also we have to put a value on what we do. Right. And one of the ways in which we do that is we say, listen you should expect to pay for what you're going to see because mm-hmm. it is work and yeah. the labor has has already happened and for you to access labor and access like these people's bodies and their hard work mm-hmm. and the like things that they are trying to um, bring to you with their work, you should get in the habit of like, being willing being willing to pay for that and being mm-hmm. willing to attribute value yeah. to that i had a professor once in undergrad who always said if people are willing to drop hundreds of thousands of dollars on a piece of artwork they can spend 30 dollars on a ticket to the ballet mm-hmm. you know or i mean does it's just an example but I think there's something about it being like in the moment, right? It's like a concert where it's like you're there for the experience. You're not going to take anything maybe Mm. tangible, like physically, like you're not going to take anything home with you. So maybe for some people that like, or in my mind, that's a way of like trying to figure it out is that maybe it doesn't have as much value because you can't like see it and keep it whenever, like whenever you want, you know? Right, right. but to me, like, that's what, like, changes you, right? Or experiences. Mm, yeah. It makes you think about things differently. And that, to me, is more in, important than making sure when I spend valuable. my money, yeah, that I take something, I get something back. Right. You know? Right. Well, I think maybe there there might be, like, a little bit of, the the thing that you get back might be a little bit more subtle mm-hmm. or... Or, um, or it might be hard to like take that thing that you get back. Like it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable Mm -hmm. to like experience the art too. You have to really like allow yourself to experience it. Right. And so that can, that can be like a hard thing for people to do and then they're like and then yeah you want me to pay for that you want I gotta pay for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, I think about Janelle a lot. Um, who will be at Lady Fest mm-hmm. this year, whose work is like, you know, it's hard. I, I know her so well, and it's hard for me sometimes, but it's so important, you know, yeah. like making work the way she does and what it's about. And it's something that more people go through than I think we know because we're taught to keep, you know, sexual assault and like things like that inside. Hard, like but, it's things yeah. that happen to us and and it's it's ours and how how she's just able and how she uses it as therapy to like get it out there and it can be harming so to her brave. body but it's brave yeah and so it's not for everybody but i think the people that get something from her work it's it can be cha- life changing yeah it can be that kind of um catharsis or some kind of like permission mhm Um, and I think that that's like what a lot of artists are trying to do is like Mm -hmm. by giving themselves permission, they are able to engage in this act of catharsis, but that's something that the audience can take away too, is like by engaging in this catharsis, you are Mm -hmm. then given permission to experience and acknowledge those feelings and those, those truths and those traumas and like all of those things and just having I think a big part of 
the work for her is having complete control of her body. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. it's mine. This is a space where no one can take that away from me. I This is mine, and I'm in control. Mm-hmm. You can you can take this out if you want. <laughs> no, no. But, like, you know, just, she's just so funny. Like, she, you know, we'll send each other work. Be like, hey, will you look at this? And you never know what you're going to get from her, you know? Yeah. And one time she was like, hey, I sent you a video. Like, just take a look and tell me what you think. And one of the videos was her butthole. <laughs> And I was like, you got to warn me. Like, I was at work. I had on my headphones. And I was like, that is, that's, a bu- that's a butthole. <laughs> but, like, you know, she's just, it's exciting to, like, see what she's going to do next. Well, that's some boundary yeah. pushing. Right. That um, it's, again, the bravery. But also, <laughs> but also, like, the importance of, like, a strong woman being brave Mm -hmm. and like allowing allowing herself to take up that space yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah I'm excited to have her this year we've had her before for Lady Fest and I'm excited to have her again we have some um really exciting really cool people coming back yeah Mm -hmm. um well it's all some new faces new voices yeah and they're all small like they're all solos duets and trios yeah which is exciting we've never done that before yeah just kind of ended up that way yeah and it's cool that that might be like a little bit more intimate Mm -hmm. too in a way yeah Yeah. so we're excited um, my next question was like what are you looking forward to but I think we're like looking forward to lady fast yeah yeah what else do you have coming up Well, I've been applying for some residencies. I think that's something that I really want to focus on now that, like, Rooney is older is that's something I was doing getting into before I got pregnant was, like, really trying to find places where I could just spend some time and and be given the money and the space to, to make work and just to work on my process. So I've been applying for some residencies. Toby and I are, like, going to be applying to a lot of film festivals so we're hoping like that in the next year or so we'll be like touring around and showing our film other places where so like you just had the premiere this past friday but Mm -hmm. do you know um is it going to be available in other places where people might be able to well we we were talking about having another showing in Charlotte, like mm-hmm. maybe in March. Okay. Um, just because a lot of people have asked us, like we could, they couldn't make it. Like, are you going to show it again? Mm-hmm. So we might do that, but with festivals, like you have to wait until after. Oh, so yeah. I think, like we've yeah. talked about, like after we hopefully get into some festivals, we'll just put it online, like on oh, Vimeo yeah. or something, for people to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I w- I want to like have you like rent out a movie theater and we can like that can all be do cool. or like at Vizart. Right. Well, that's originally where we wanted to show it for the feedback showing. Mm-hmm. They were just booked up, but that that place is really doing some cool stuff. Yeah. yeah. I would we love to rent the manor after the other day. We, mm-hmm. Ooh, the manor. I would love to rent the manor. I love yeah. that place. Yeah. That would be cool. But it was nice, you know, just to see it on a big screen. You know, you're so used mm-hmm. to seeing it on a computer. With your headphones on and everything. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I've just been, like, rambling this whole time. Well, Does that's the that point way? of having you as a guest. I could <laughs> get on here and, like, you know, like, I could get on here and, like, talk a lot. But then it's just a monologue. Yeah. No. But, like, I mm-hmm. wanted to talk with you. Um... Last question, mm-hmm. and um, this can be like as broad or as specific as you want, but um, what do you wish that people knew about your artwork or about art and creativity in general? Um, I think... I think art can be a really supportive place for people, but it can also feel really isolating. Mm. And I think sometimes um, I, for myself, like pull away. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes people can read that energy as negative. 
maybe that's me projecting that onto myself, but I feel like I'm a, I'm a good people watcher. Mm-hmm. And until I really feel comfortable and get to know people, I'm pretty introverted. So I think sometimes that energy can feel a little combative, maybe. And that's something that I'm working on personally. But I do love the aspect. And I always am working, like, with that aspect of community, mm-hmm. you know. And I just think, like, with art, like, I just wish people wouldn't think so hard sometimes, you yeah. know. I think, like... People come in thinking that they got to figure it all out, or if they don't get it, it makes them feel less than or stupid. You know, I've I had a lot of conversations with people about that, where it's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to come because I just don't feel like it's for me. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get it. And I think a lot of people, and me sometimes too, like go into it, and we really just need to like let ourselves enjoy An things experience. more in general, just yeah. enjoy things more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is good advice for just life. Yeah. Just, like, enjoy and experience. Well, and, like, that, and how stressful, like, life is. Like, I, and that's another thing I'm working on, just, like, specifically for Rooney, is, like, I don't want her to see me like this, like, just stressed all the time. And I think I allow myself to get stressed or get in my head, and, and I think a lot of artists do that. Mm-hmm. And just to enjoy, and also just to have the, like, ability to create and some and people seem to like it like that to me is like so exciting and really makes me feel like a a real per, like a real person <laughs> you know like it um just to like sit back and like take things in a little bit more mm-hmm. yeah. yeah thank you you're welcome thanks, thanks so for having for me love you yeah, I love you. <laughs> oh, let's do the show. Yeah. Yeah. Come to Lady Fest. Lady Fest. Um, mm-hmm. February 8th at Goodyear Arts. Doors at 7. Show at 7.30. We'll both be there. And we'll have food this year. Yeah. And beer and wine as always. Yeah. And dance party after. Yeah. It's We're making great. the playlist. And you might not know this, but... Megan and I are not only good at making a dance show, but we also make a really good playlist. We do. We are pretty good at playlists. (laughs) This has been an hour of Megan and I congratulating ourselves. (laughs) Well, I feel like it was needed. There you go. (laughs) Sometimes you just got to boost it up. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Mm. Love you. Love you. Thanks for having me. Cheers. (laughs) (laughs) That was fun. That was fun. I hope I sounded somewhat intelligent. (sighs) Thanks for joining us for this episode of Art Tea. You can follow Megan on Instagram at Pain Dance, or check out her website at paindance.com. You can follow LadyFest at LadyFestCLT. Special thanks to Goodyear Arts for providing space for conversations, and to Dylan Gilbert for creating this catchy theme music. You can follow them at Goodyear Arts and at Dylan Gilbert Music. You can follow me at Singularity. Until next time, keep living creatively. Cheers! Cheers!